0: Welcome back to Bare Knuckles and Brass Tax, the cybersecurity podcast that tackles the vendor-customer relationship. I'm George K. on the vendor side.
1: And I'm George A., a Chief Information Security Officer.
0: And today, we're excited to welcome Nafis Mohammed, seasoned business development rep, longtime listener, first time in the hot seat. Welcome to the show.
2: Hello, hello. Thanks again. I'm super excited to be here, longtime listener, so I'm definitely ready to talk about a lot of things here.
0: Yeah, this is a this is a full circle interview. So, you were a listener. Uh, we had some conversations
1: outside the show. We ran into each other at RSA, and now here we are. You're in the hot seat. Whoa! whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. Full context. Four dudes, a listener. He tried to cold open me, and yes. you know, being the salty prick of a CISO that I am, I think <laughs> I was uh, not as responsive. However. <laughs> as a testament to your resilience as a sales professional and like a generally decent human being, you uh you stuck with it and you didn't get creepy, you didn't get weird, and you figured it out. And Now you're here, man. Nice.
2: <laughs> it's all about trial and error, right? If they say no, you just got to kind of figure it out and stay the course.
0: Yeah. Well, why don't you start with the quick and dirty of how you got into cyber sales and then we'll uh, kick it off.
2: Yeah, so let me start kind of how I actually got into tech. It was really like 06, 07, the recession. Um, I was still in construction, and obviously the recession hit, so I I, need, I got laid off because construction wasn't doing well. Mm-hmm. So I pivot into sales, which turned out was a BDB door door-to-door company. Um, started, with, Yeah. So basically, I was selling makeup, everything under the sun. Um, that guy in BJ's trying to sell you one on estimate that to be me. That guy at Home Depot tried signing sign up for Cabinet Facing that used to be me. Um, oh, man. Yeah. So it's the gritty sales. And when I first started with that company, honestly, I was I was horrible. You know, <laughs> um, I had a salary for $300, which was supposed to be every week. Uh, but after a week, my manager pulled the salary sale. It was 100% commission from there on. Um, so it kind of mm. sucked getting the first check for zero. Uh, but after Damn. like four or five weeks, I kind of figure it out and kind of figure out how to talk to people and build relationships and stayed with a company for over a decade. Build sales team around my own office, uh, worked at LA Fitness, built an RV broker for about five years. Uh, had about a transition to where I sold membership at uh, Massage Envy, and then I pivot into tech. Um, started out with a SaaS company, wasn't quite the right fit, and then I was there about you know four or five months and then that's how i got into cyber for a secure coding company because my buddy worked there he was sdr manager he got me in mm-hmm. head, didn't know anything about cyber Just the basic stuff right nothing real technical but um within nine months i built over a million dollars in pipeline um just by really listening to the customer and that's how i first um, you know interacted with george there like I say, it was a little bit rude, but I took him to the chin because I was like, I'm a I'm a door to door guy, so that actually wasn't that bad. I, I, Bro, I'm you should have broken. just you
1: should have just said you worked at LA Fitness before, man. We would have been tight. I would have been talking games <laughs> with you. Like
2: ah uh, yeah man. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I think this is that's it. we'll come back to that story, but I think you know you you getting put through the ringer in a face to face fashion, you know that means when you come into SaaS sales, you got a bit of a thick skin, which is you know, pretty good. Whereas, like, you come out of college into SaaS sales and you're just getting rejected outright. It's it might be a little bit harder.
2: Yeah, I think my 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 skills beyond thick. I've been hit by carts. I got water dumped on me. But got chased by cops, cussed out in the <laughs> face. I got spit on. So you can't. There's nothing really much you can really do to me to kind of <laughs> knock me off Jesus. my feet. Yeah. I, <laughs> nice. I've been through everything.
0: Okay. Well, let's get into it. So You're on the vendor side, which means the CISO gets first crack.
1: After dealing with my initial saltiness on your on your sales outreach, you know you persevered and you won us over enough to make it onto the show. So to folks listening, dreams are possible; anything can happen. Um, talk to us about your journey going from outsider trying to cold open me to listener, friend of the show, and you know it, it seemingly all around success story, brother.
2: Yeah, uh, this started out like obviously when I first got into um obviously i did the spray and pray approach right just that's what everyone was doing that's just you gotta call this many people this many emails and yeah that had success but kind of when i ran into you george um that kind of gave me a rude awake and i was like yeah, i'm doing something wrong here so i kind of hey. went back to my 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 old school days of b2b door-to-door 100 commission to where relationship was value right uh, when we used to work a territory, right, we just didn't blow through it. That's called burning your territory. You can't, you're never able to work that territory again. But if you build that right relationship, you can literally work a territory for months at a time. So I started to take that approach and started to see a lot more success to where I didn't have to make a hundred calls per day. I'm not sending 3000 emails per day, right? focus on the quality and build a relationship. They'll, let, they'll stay with you a long time. Yeah, I have clients that I, I sold boats to that I still talk to this day. <laughs> you know, we just talk and they, they call me all the time. So the nice. relations last forever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love to hear that validation. We talk about burning territories, you know, we talk about it like, you know, I guess, metaphorically when you're calling into like a massive uh, enterprise footprint. But I mean, I like to hear that that was also true of door-to-door sales
2: yeah it's definitely because that's that's the only way to survive right especially what i did like if i didn't sell i didn't make money i didn't have i didn't have cushy base my ot is you sell more (laughs) yeah that was my it wasn't like you know so that's how you gotta you really focus on building relationships. that's how you really make money rather than this you know selling someone and running away if you just talk to them build a good relationship they'll come to you They'll call you for more product. They'll call you for their service. And that's also the ultimate yeah. goal that, that I'm trying to get to at this point. I think that's, there's a lot
0: of value there. And I think George would corroborate that, which is the idea that, you know, when you're going door to door and somebody's like a physical person, you are thinking about that relationship. And it's probably easy to get out of that when you, you know, you're just looking at like a spreadsheet or a CRM and you're just like, these are things to do. These are tasks rather than human beings on the other end. Um, Yeah, I dig that. So I'm super excited to have you on because around, I want to say it was the end of last year, right after chat GPT hit the scene, blew things up. You reached out personally, you and I were talking on LinkedIn about some questions on how to incorporate generative AI, because in your current gig, you were sort of operating solo. And, you know, there's lots of time being squandered doing other things. So I'm excited we had that conversation i'm more excited that you took the advice so i want to give you some space to talk about how you're using these new tools and the benefit you're seeing
2: yeah definitely um because when i first got enrolled i had no tools i was using anything i found myself wasting a lot of time doing this you know useless stuff so first i used chat gpt or barb Google's version for ai i mainly use that for research right for Mm -hmm. for topics about um that's like ops or anything, cyber, um, sometimes company information you can find information about, and even mm-hmm. your, your prospect target, if that's a good enough blueprint, you actually can pull data from chat GDP if they have a big, enough online profile. So mm-hmm. I use that for, also for my LinkedIn posts, so I can kind of craft that and also get a deeper understanding of topics, right? And I kind of go down the road and use that as a studying tool, not so much email, because right now it's not to a point to where it sounds like a human being. I just kind of use it to kind of get mm-hmm. information from it and build a skeleton email that way. Um, and then all of, so the other tools that I use is actually Apollo AI, which is fine as prospecting. Um, also to have AI built in there so you can write emails, but the AI with Apollo is a little bit better. So I can put in my, my call to action, the problem I'm trying to solve, and you know the value prop, and then it, it builds you a skeleton around that.
0: And what do you do... Yeah, yeah. What do you do with that skeleton? Because that's, I think, this is the this is the crux of the argument. You're not letting it do the talking on
1: your behalf.
2: Yeah. You know, but, you're, you're and sure even that. even
1: bigger than that, I would argue. And this is a testament to people who are non-STEM graduates who are getting into our industry, right? You have taken a tool that everyone's like been losing their shit over all year. <laughs> you took a problem that everyone's been losing their shit all over since before George and I were born. And you, from your you know relatively non-technical and and you know relatively new like experience, like you're not a salesperson your whole adult life, you figured out a problem like you came at it with logical outside the box yeah. thinking, and I think you represent the value of people who can do mid to late career transitions into this industry. Man, like I'm really Word. proud of like your methodology. It, it seems simple, but fuck bro, there's brilliance in this. Yeah, man. yeah.
2: yeah. Thanks. It's just Yeah, th- I made mean, a definitely transition, right? Um, I transitioned into tech when I was like 30, 30 39. Um, and not too many people in my position, given the roles I had in my other sales career, was willing to start from an SDR position, right? It's yeah. probably beneath them, right? Start from the bottom. But for me, that's the only way you learn, right? Um, I, can't, I couldn't just jump into tech and take a leadership position. I, I don't know the tech space, right? So, I'm going to start from the bottom, like I did when I started over 15 years ago on sales, and figure it out my, that way and, and kind of raise myself up back to a leader position to where I want to be.
0: So, uh, yeah, let's return to the email skeleton. Like, how? Yeah. what are you doing with that once you get that output?
2: Yeah, so it basically you type in what I want, and it gives me a skeleton. Um, so, it, it spits it out, but then I use that to kind of get some personalization added to the email, right? So, maybe something mm-hmm. about, Maybe a post that you wrote on LinkedIn, nice. Um, or maybe a blog that I saw from the company, right? Or maybe mm. that you're hiring hiring in the space that the training that I sell for do personalization that way, right? So that's kind of how I add in that personalization. But it's kind of all trial and error. Some things work, something not, right? Some things that I do work, some things that I don't don't work, you know. But I learn from it.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, experimentation is the name of the game for sure.
1: Yeah, I, it kind of, I think it goes to speak to your kind of different approach or your adaptive approach to how you're doing sales, how you're generally building your business. Like, I think this email piece is just, it's a very, very shiny tip of an iceberg of really good sound human logic in how you're approaching things. You know, like yep. it, it seems uh rather obvious, but you know, like talk to us about, for example like you're a contractor if, if i'm not mistaken right you're on contract right now yes so correct how did you get your organization to support your quality over quantity approach for opening leads like a lot of cro's and we've we've had you know a lot of sales folks on and, we, and we've all complained about the cro crisis uh, just in terms of like their mindset and and unrealistic expectations a, a lot of cros are, are still married to the spray and pray automated blast approach and you know it's something our show works quite diligently to call out almost every episode. How did you get them to buy in, man? Because it's it's almost radical at this point.
2: Yeah, no, I actually feel very fortunate. I kind of lucked up with a company we were kind of in a very you know a small scrappy startup, right? So you know we're doing a lot of different things, wear a lot of hats, and they didn't really have too much experience in the cold outreach. So part of my inu was writing up a go to market strategy. What I would do do a couple cold emails, pitches that I could do for email, um, write a, a script. I had to really put a whole gold marks to strategy. That's part of my um, actual interview and they liked it. And at first was kind of slow, but then once I got the tool right tools together in the tech stack, I started to kind of see some more slowly progression and in, in trending in the right way. Um, so what I'm trying to say, it really comes down to the company, right? um i'm fortunate enough with the company i have they, they believe in me as of right now but you know you never know right they might change their mind and go into direction but right now they're still on board because i'm showing progress in the right way and the, the only challenging part of kind of how i like to do it it's a slower progression it's it's not fast it's kind of takes time to build relationships so you really have to really show metrics you got to show like what you're actually doing there's a lot of updating with the leadership to show them how you do it so they can kind of Really, drink the Kool-Aid that you're drinking. They got to really believe in you, and you got to believe in them. Hey, man,
0: this is what this is what George talks about all the time: stakeholder engagement.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's
1: also it's, you're you're what you're describing is something I always try to tell people as well. Don't play for the initial sale. Play from the start as if you're going for the renewal. That means yeah. building a long-term relationship, man.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's that's the name again. Long-term relationship is. It's, it's how you play. Like I talked about before, like I have clients that call me all the time. Uh, I know a client that I, I, he, I sold multiple bulls from. He runs a nonprofit in Greenwich. I still talk to him. They say, he calls me twice a week to see what's going on. He's like, hey, can you help me out and market this for me? I'll toss you some extra money if you want to do it. It takes me two seconds to market your boat versus you know <laughs> I'll make, make an extra one or two grand and not have to do any work. Uh, but I talk to him all the time and I built a relationship over years ago. He still calls me all the time. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that's so awesome. Y-
0: you have talked about how you were using generative AI and it was just like saving you tons of time, which is yeah. great. I think that's the promise of it, but it was also kind of giving you a leg up in terms of research topics, stuff like that. So I think the obvious follow on is what have you been able to do with the time savings that you've gained?
2: Yeah. So my main thing, thing is LinkedIn. Like I live and breathe on LinkedIn. So it frees me up time to um, engage on LinkedIn as far as writing posts. Um, mm-hmm. engaging with people I'm connected with, build a stronger relationship with my, with my connection. Cause a lot of times when I connect, I don't, I don't get a chance to say thank you right away. Uh, oh, Cause nice. I, I send a, thank, a, a connection request they accept I'm not going to pitch you right away. I'm not going to pitch slap you, which I hate. <laughs> uh, I just say, thank you for connecting. Um, but if I don't say get a chance to say thank you right away, I'll come back and start just talking actually how your day was, you know, figure out what you like if you're in the sports or weightlifting just strike up a general conversation, right? And then, by chance, if you find write something that engages what I uh, what I actually sell, then I'll I'll engage them and kind of start a dialogue that way. You know, it's pretty simple.
0: Hey, man. Well, well, it's cool that you can. You know, I think people have talked about LinkedIn, but they feel like it's a drag on their other activities. But what you're saying is by being able to streamline some of the outreach activities, it's freed you up to play the social capital. Game a little bit more adeptly, right?
2: Yeah, correct. Yeah, everything goes back to my LinkedIn. Like I leverage my LinkedIn heavily, right? So, mm. and even even my even in my email, tell people check me out on LinkedIn because you can, you know, you can see my my posts. You know, my 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 uh, LinkedIn profile is because I put my ID on there to verify my, my account, so you know I'm legit. I'm not I'm not a bot. You know, I'm not some person <laughs> pretending <laughs> to be somebody.
0: Yeah, or North Korean Fisher. Um, yeah. cool. Well, that's all the time we have for the bare knuckles portion of the show. So we're going to take a quick break and then we will be right back. And we are back, and it is time for the sales gauntlet. Now, this is a rapid-fire round of common sales challenges. George A. and I will take turns putting them in front of you, Nafis, and we want to hear kind of a one-to-two-sentence answer on how you would confront the challenge. The name of the game here is Speed. Let's keep it loose. Let's keep it fun. Are
1: you ready?
2: Yep, let's go. All right,
0: George A., kick it off.
2: Why would I answer your email? I don't know you. I, I get a George. you know, I don't know you either. That's, that's kind of why I'm calling. I just want to chat and see if you have a common interest. Um, you know, that's, that's all I'm trying to do here. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just want to talk and see if we can build a relationship here, that's all. Why can't I just
0: put my team through training internally?
2: You can, that's, just, that's totally up to you. Um, but I find that, you know, training, um it's, it's always better when it's outsourced in a way because we can devote time in coaching and training your people and you can focus more time and doing what you know focus your time on the other things what you do ah. <laughs> utilize your time a little talking tie there sorry about that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah go
2: keep going keep going yeah but yeah that's, that's all i'm trying to do here george so
1: i've never heard of you or your company before you seem dodgy
2: ah i get it i get it george I, I i get those calls all the time from those people that try to sell me a call warranty that's a call three years ago but let's see that let's just talk about it talk a few minutes and tell you why i'm calling and then you can judge if if we're if we're real or not
0: how does your pricing work
2: um it all depends on how many people you have on your team um, so it's totally customized on the total number of users that we have. So um, what I'm proposing here is kind of talk about, let me solve your problems here and see if we can actually be a good fit for you, because I'm not sure you can qualify for our platform.
1: You're a rando doing sales. How would adding you to my network add value for me?
2: Honestly, I don't even know. Um, I'm trying to call and figure it out here. So. Um, let's take a couple minutes to chat about it and see if we're a good fit. You know, if not, we can go grab a beer and watch a game or something.
0: We only hire security-minded developers to begin with, so why would we need you?
2: I get it. Um, that's, that's a great philosophy to have, but I find that everyone thinks security uh, as a separate thing. Not everyone's on the same page. Our training actually kind of gets everyone to think security is first, always from the beginning to end of the SCLC
1: boom bro gauntlet yeah. was painful this week holy shit <laughs> that got excessive
0: yeah we were feeling we were feeling a little frustrated maybe we took that out
2: on you. Sorry, that's okay bro. i i like it man trust me i got i got a lot worse man a lot of stuff you you, you handled it very well oh um,
1: you're you calm man i definitely have a beer with you at this point man
2: <laughs> totally unscripted that's that's my best work when it's unscripted and. Sometimes I trip on my words, and that makes it natural. I'm not reading from the yeah, script. Yeah, we
0: are. We are human <laughs> for sure. All right, so we're rounding the corner. We're uh, coming to the brass tacks portion of the show, right? So we're looking for actionable insights to pass on to our peers. So I want to start with: Could you walk us through your outreach process for a new account? Just kind of, you know, not soup to nuts, but like you get a new account or you have found something in your territory. Like, what's the first step? Take us all the way to the point where you start writing the email.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, obviously, once you figure out the decision maker, it's typically either CISO below or director. Um, And then I start crafting my sequence. Right. Typically, um, it starts off with a call first. uh, But firstly, also I check the LinkedIn profile first because a lot of times if you check the profile, they'll probably tell you they don't call or you can you can see about they don't get like to get calls. So I figure out that Mm -hmm. first. Um, I Mm. call. I think. And then I craft a initial quote outreach, which is less than 50 words. Super simple, fourth or fifth grade, leave reading level. This is what we do. This is how we do it. Um, kind of leave it open-ended. Uh, my, my sequences are very short, five to six sequences between calls and email. I might call you twice, um, two to three emails, and the rest are kind of LinkedIn touches, right? Not so much mm-hmm. pitches, but just en- engaging on their comments and posts. Um, I never mm-hmm. pitch people through uh, a random email because people don't open emails. Go, if you send an email, it typically going only go to that that folk out of box to where you know kind of on LinkedIn. Yeah. they I send you a DM, it goes to that out of folder. Same thing happens for on LinkedIn. So my approach is kind of just build conversation, right? That's, I spend most of my time on LinkedIn engaging with them and kind of let the sequences work for itself. Um, a lot of times, same amount of time, I reply to my email but they might reach out on linkedin either say they might say i'm interested or they'll send me a message on on linkedin saying no thank you great no problem feel free to comment on my post and let me know what you think about you know the subject that i post on
0: nice dig it
2: so it's pretty simple it's it's just like i said like it's more of my old school technique is going b2b door-to-door getting people to trust you um a quick story i remember i was Set an appointment for Windows and BJ's. I built so much trust in five seven minutes because the lady was in a rush. I, she had her kid, pushed her, cow, her cart out to the car while she was at the phone. She set the appointment. I loaded up the car for her and helped her pick the baby in the car, strap in the car seat, uh, and she tipped me forty bucks. And that's all within <laughs> the of, That was all within the span of seven minutes. She didn't know me from a can of paint. So.
0: Well, you did say the key word that this whole podcast is built around, which is trust. But uh, yeah. yeah, oh, back over to you, Georgie. Uh,
1: yeah. So, you know, I really was, again, found me really interested on, on using the GPD methodology to actually build like the skeleton of your correspondence and then per- making it like personal fight after personal persona. What I- Personalized. Jesus Christ. You'd think I'd, I'd fucking <laughs> speak four languages. I can't remember one word in English. Anyways, so you're trying to personalize these messages how much editing do you find yourself doing after your initial GPT outputs for correspondence?
2: Um, good. It doesn't take me long because I use kind of, I use kind of, also I use Lavender too to kind of cut down on my, my email. So I'll have ChatGPT spit it out. Um, I'll run it through Lavender to where it makes it more kind of short and simple to read. Um, probably each email might spend a minute, maybe if that, um, sometimes even quicker until you get to the point, you know, the framework. So you'd be able to kind of cut and paste stuff out very quickly. Um, once you get the initial framework down.
0: All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to hear. So, um, talk to me about domain health. Cause I'm really intrigued about that.
2: That's, that's my new favorite obsession right now. Um, domain health is key, um, uh, because that'll, that'll basically tell you if you're emails are going to spam or not. And a lot of different factors I'm starting to kind of learn about. Um, so the key with domain health, you can measure an Apollo, right? If, it, if your domain health is in the green, you, you're good. If it starts to dip into the red and you're, you're not getting many emails delivered, you got a bad domain health and it's hard to get back from that. So the key yeah. is not to, I don't send a lot of emails all the, like within a day I might send 20 30 a day. If that I'm not sending three to 4,000 emails a day. Um, like the whole thing is that focus on quality over quantity. So um, the less emails, the better um, is the key to go. And that's to where you have a high open rate and high click-through rate right now. So with all my sequences, I have four that I run. So I think I average about 55% between all four of them.
0: Uh, yeah, man, I saw, I saw your metrics. I mean, for everyone listening who's like skeptical of this approach, I mean, you know, pre- working GPT into the research process and the personalization, I mean, you effectively doubled um, a lot of your open and engagement metrics. So, I mean, there's there's definitely proof is in the pudding. And as we heard with Ben Kelly, yeah, fewer emails can get you through that barrier. And as uh, George A can testify, you start spamming his organization. They're just going to block you at the domain level. And then like, good luck, you're toast, you're locked out.
2: Yeah. And another part I'm really proud of, out of the bunch of emails that I sent so far, probably close to a thousand, maybe, you know, all the sequences. I only had 17 people unsubscribe. Only 17. Dude, that's like
0: that's metrics. That, yeah. that's are <laughs> metrics of people would kill for in marketing.
2: That's that's what matters to me. You know, you, if you keep it open, as long as you don't unsubscribe, I'm not going to annoy you. Um, but as long as you kind of stay engaged while opening, kind of checking out a website, um, nice. that's the best way to go.
1: Yeah, good. So I I have to ask this then, um, just in terms of how you do your research, because you don't come from a, a locate like a traditional academic background. Um, how do you approach prospect researching before you actually initiate the correspondence?
2: So my so my biggest research tool is I check out the LinkedIn page, um, kind of see kind of get a feel for you what they're all about, because um, LinkedIn is kind of a snapshot into who that person is. Um, if they're not active on there, um, then I got to go. So I'll check on the company website, right? Maybe check out their Twitter, check out their Instagram or something like that. I got, so I can get some kind of insight who they are. It's kind of how I do research on that prospect. And that allows you kind of personalization. If you kind of, you know, look through like a little different platform to see what they like to post It's how you get your information from them. <laughs>
0: I mean, it sounds like you're trying to find out who they are as a person.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you, and essentially, that's that's what you're trying to do, right? You're kind of not like you're, yeah. I guess you say you kind of have to stalk them in a way, but you want to understand that person, so you, your chances are look so much more higher if you do it that yeah, way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that sounds like stalking because it's online, but like when you meet somebody face-to-face, if you were doing retail sales or whatever, I mean, in the course of that conversation, the nonverbal cues, that's what you're trying to pick up on. Like, are they enthusiastic yeah. about this sport? Or th- I mean, you're, those yeah. are the stuff, but you can't do that because you're not face-to-face. So yeah. the other tools you have at your disposal are things like LinkedIn and whatever. What are they writing about? What are they talking about? I mean, that's that's it. That's it. Yeah,
1: well, I also, I, I really do think the key here there's a, a congruence in your personality online, like on LinkedIn, and who you are in person. I think one of the most off-putting things, whether it's in a social context or whether it's in business, if someone puts out a certain kind of energy in their online correspondence and you meet them in person and they're nothing like it, that shit feels weird,
2: dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I totally agree. Like Who I am online who I in, am in person, it's no it's in-between, right? So it's just... That's that's how you be authentic. Right. It's, it's I hate when you meet someone you meet someone that you meet online and they're not they're not who they are online. They're totally different. That kind of that kind of bugs me a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nafiz, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to sit with us and to share this process. It's been a real pleasure and a joy to hear from the journey as listener to now innovating your outreach practice. I mean, everyone's talking about like how do I get generative AI, and this mm-hmm. is you bootstrapping it and working it, and uh, that's really awesome to see.
2: Yeah, like I so said, appreciate you guys. Like I so said, it's a work in process, and um, the thing about the, this approach, you always have to change. You always got to be able to pivot on a dime, you know, and always tra- constantly change your approaches. Maybe what I'm doing this month might not work next month, so I might have to change it. So it's all I about it. adapt adaptability and change
1: word appreciate that all right well we
0: will talk to you soon and maybe we will see you in vegas
2: yeah i think oh I always definitely probably can go and ask gotta book all the flights and stuff but uh i'll see you guys in vegas
0: that's it for bare knuckles and brass tacks this week if you like what you hear consider giving us a rating or a review and share on all your socials it helps others find the show New episodes drop every Monday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're headed out to Hacker Summer Camp this year, we will be there at Black Hat and DEF CON. Look for more information. Follow the LinkedIn page. We hope to see you there.